Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. That's right. Back with you here on the block. I'm Austin Norman. Tricky taking a little break as we talk to Brian Munson of Husker Online. He joins us on our VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. Brian Munson, my friend, it has been too long. How are you? I am doing well, man. How are you? Glad to hear it. Yeah, no complaints here other than Nebraska football not going to a bowl game. And that's really where I want to start with you, Brian. Is If you look at the 5-7 and seven record, it's hard to say the season was a success on the macro level. But I don't think I'm wrong in saying there were plenty of developmental successes on both offense and defense on the micro level. Is that fair to say? I, I think that that is fair to say. I mean, obviously, everybody was uh, very optimistic, I think, through you know the undefeated October that this team was bull-bound and, and then couldn't get it done in November. Um, I, I don't think that that surprised too many folks. I think a lot of people had it at that 5-7 and seven on the cusp of being the 6-6 six and six team. I think that... Like if people really understood, you know, the challenges that this team had, I think, you know, at the early onset, if the, if you said that you were going to make two quarterback changes and you were going to lose Gabe Irvin for the season again very early and you're going to have all these turnovers and interceptions and, and things like that, but you were going to have this amazing defense, um, you probably would have put it into that bucket anyway, if not lower. I think the defense really kept – the, the games, you know, closer than what they should have been in some cases. And, uh, you know, a lot of couple of goal line stands kind of come to mind. Um, and I, th- I think that that's one thing to kind of remember there. It's just how, how close and yet how far this team is. I mean, cause you still have gaps within a special teams. You're still trying to figure out what your offensive identity kind of looks like. You seem to be skill position seasoning away, if not, some dudes away from really being able to kind of go out there and execute and do the things that you want to do on the, on the offense. So I, I think, but I, I think to your point, the micro level is interesting. You get the land, the, the Lenhart and you get Prince will and you get Van Poppel and you get this tremendous improvement out of, out of, out of Huttmacher and, and, you know, all these other guys that when you kind of put that defense together, cause I was a skeptic of the three, three, five. I, I really was. I think there are, I think there are a lot of people that would have joined me on that side of the fence too. But I think that after everything was said and done and what Tony white was able to do and, and kind of get that magic together, it, it was, it was actually a very, it was a very fun season on that side of the house. But I think ultimately still some of the some of the nastier things kind of reared their ugly head, particularly in the month of November. We know you're the Nebraska recruiting guy, and we'll, we'll get to that here in just a little bit, but obviously you're tapped in outside of Nebraska circles as well. What's the conversation about Nebraska from other places after year one of Matt Rule? Um, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like They kind of see it as like the same old, same old Nebraska, but then the people that actually are like watching the game, like I've got several, too many, too many Iowa fans, <laughs> friends, and 
And I got to really think about adjusting my friends. Yeah, come on, honestly, Brian. What are you doing? Yeah, they came out of the woodwork <laughs> to talk to me on Friday. Um, and, and it's it's kind of funny because some of them would just rather rub in, in into your face that you're, you know, that Nebraska is staying home for another year and not going to a bowl game. And at the same time, there are those that were just like, oh, you guys are like so close and, you know, we're awful. Like the offense is terrible and how we've won 10 games would not be able to do anything offensively. I, I think that there's kind of mixed reviews. And and I think that some folks are, are thinking Nebraska's a little bit closer to what, what it is, you know, that they're, that they're trying to accomplish and they're just a couple guys away. And I think some of, some of those folks and probably more of my personal friends are the ones that are kind of, uh, uh, enjoying the lack of success currently by Nebraska because they know it irritates me. We'll dive into the offense here first, Brian, starting at the quarterback position. That's been a lot of the conversation here, and we've had a lot of people say today and even on our postgame shows that Nebraska is just a quarterback away. Get a quarterback, and the whole team looks better. Nebraska probably goes, you know, nine and three, and I have no reason or no way to dispute that. But I think it's a little reductionist and simplistic to say you're just a quarterback away. Just go get a quarterback because it makes it sound a lot easier than it actually is. Like just how big of a challenge will it be for Nebraska to both find a quarterback in the transfer portal should they want to pursue one and develop Daniel Kalen into a difference maker at quarterback once he gets to campus? Yeah, that's a good point. And and, and I think the other side of that is too is like if you – if you missed on Sims and you kept Casey Thompson, would Thompson have the kind of season this year as he did last year? Because I would tell you that he was, you know, very ultra dependent on Trey Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I think then it's systematic. It's, it's personnel related. You, you have a lot of young guys. I, I think that I don't think anybody intended or, or planned on hearing Jalen Lloyd's name be announced twice for scoring touchdowns. I don't think that that was ever supposed to be part of the plan this year. I mean, he obviously has a lot of uh, athleticism and explosiveness and a lot of straight line speed. And and I know folks were probably a little bit more excited about Malachi Coleman and Coleman's going to get there. It's just, those guys need time. They need some time to develop. And a lot of, a lot of players were thrown into the, into the weeds on this one and said, you're going to have to step up. We've lost these guys. You're going to lose your red shirt. You're going to have to do this for us this year. And are you ready? And you're going to grow and don't worry about it. We got you. So I think all that kind of being said, I, I don't, I don't agree with the, the, the folks that are saying we're just a quarterback away. Now, statistically, it absolutely supports it because of the basically the low number of attempts versus the high number of interceptions. The ratio is, is ugly. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly ugly. But I, I don't think I blame 100% of that on, on the quarterback. Um, I, I think a fair majority of them are on the quarterback, but I think, I think you have to push some towards the, the inexperience at the, at the skill position. I think you have to push some of that as well towards, you know, the, the, the inability to kind of, you know, create a pocket and, and allowing maybe even the quarterback to reset the pocket, you know, after two, two and a half seconds and kind of step up and do something. They were unable to do any of that. And, and I, I feel like, so you're looking at things at multiple levels now, skill position wise. And I think the, just the establishment base, I, I know that I know Nebraska's run stats, they stayed pretty consistent, but I think as, as you kind of go on and we, we talk about, you know, Ramir and Gabe and the fumble problems with Anthony Grant and finally finding a guy like a ray of light, like Emmett Johnson. Like if you don't find Emmett Johnson, you know, later on in the season, 
I don't know what Nebraska's doing at running back. Mm-hmm. Um, you really needed to take some pressure off of off of the team, off of Grant, allow him to get some confidence back and put back together. But I, I don't see it all as being like, uh, you know, Nebraska just needs to find a quarterback and you're done. I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. So to that point, then, I think a lot of people would say you always have to get better on the offensive line, and I wouldn't disagree. Maybe a, a second pass-catching tight end is a little further down the list. But, Brian, if you're on Nebraska's staff and you have the choice between getting a true number one wide receiver or a true number one workhorse starting running back out of the portal this year, if you're Nebraska, which basket do you put more of your eggs into trying to get? Wide receiver. Um, and that's a, that's a very simple answer for me, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's kind of how the NFL is treating the running back position. It's kind of like what I just said about Emmett Johnson. Emmett Johnson was a bit of an afterthought. He's sitting mm-hmm. down the list, what, at fourth, maybe fifth string? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To begin the season, he was really kind of an afterthought coming out of Minnesota. The Gophers didn't offer him. Uh, he was really kind of a late offer by Nebraska, and I'll be honest with you, I liked him better as a defensive prospect. I, I thought he was good on both sides of the football, but I liked him better on defense. So if you're kind of considering that, and and we're also talking about you know some other running backs that are one running back, one 2024 guy that was in last weekend as an unofficial visitor, two guys that have official visits set in December. You know, Colorado just lost a four-star running back. Uh, there's running backs that are out there, I think, that Nebraska Nebraska could go out there and tap into and basically bring them along. Um, I'm I'm not so certain, though, that, you know, you can count on uh, just seeing automagically the wide receivers, you know, just stepping up and seasoning themselves overnight, uh, particularly when you see, you know, guys like Kemp, you know, that are no longer going to be there. Uh, I think you're 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 losing some of that that guidance, some of that leadership there at that position. Not saying that you know you can't get that from a coaching perspective, but I, I think you want to go find a demonstrated, proven guy someplace that's done something. Uh, you know, most probably more from like a Big Ten, SEC, ACC style, you know, kind of conference. Somebody that's seen some competition, seen some dudes and plug them in as your number one. I mean, I think that that's really what Nebraska's got to be focused on, is trying to find that guy at wide receiver. Nebraska probably thought it had it in Billy Kemp this year. I don't know if that was more usage, uh, more role, more scheme-dependent, but despite being Nebraska's leading receiver, I don't think Billy Kemp necessarily lived up to the, you know, Samori Ture, Trey Palmer-type billing. But let's switch sides of the ball here real quick, Brian, to the defense. The defensive line, big improvement. Linebackers, solid a lot of improvement in the defensive backfield. But one of the keys to this 3-3-5 defense, we were told all offseason, was the jack position, that kind of hybrid defensive end, linebacker. Mm-hmm. Nebraska got some contribution from a guy you mentioned before, Prince William Mon but not a lot out of its two transfers in Chief Borders and MJ Sherman at that position. That kind of outside yep. linebacker pass rush, havoc-creating hybrid type is a guy that Nebraska hasn't had in really far too long. I think that's a missing piece to this defense. If they get production from that position, 
that's huge. How hard is it to find a difference maker at that position, either out of the transfer portal or in just traditional high school recruiting? It's difficult. I mean, those guys carry a lot of value. If you've got a demonstrated guy that's disruptive and can go out there and, you know, can go pin his ears back and go get the quarterback, I mean, that's that's so valuable. I mean, I'm going to jump to another position for you really quick, but I'm going to tell you why a guy is on the map at all for other teams. But look at Carlin Jones. Carlin mm-hmm. Jones ended the season as the number three leader in sacks in the state of Texas at, at an interior defensive line position. That's why he's getting noticed by Ohio State. So, so if you're if you're looking for guys that are disruptive, that that are that are playing the that that position of Jack linebacker, the guy that can either be standing up two point down three point, you know, trunked out of the nine, you know, or seven, and 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 kind of just pin their ears back and going to get in the quarterback. Those guys are incredibly valuable because they're they're the ones that are supposed to be doing that. But when you can find a guy that's doing it from a two point or three point every single time, line up as a one or a three or a four. That's pretty incredible. So I, I do agree with you. I think that, you know, you got Princewell that was kind of doing it, but he, borders, borders didn't really have an impact like you had thought. Sherman as well. I think that they had basically – they had their touches and they have their ways of kind of in probably putting their value into, into maybe even the guy's development and maybe getting those other guys on the football field. So maybe there's some things behind the scenes. But I, I think that, you know, I think Nebraska is, is – He's got some guys. He's got, you know, you've got like McGahee that's that's out there. You got Jackson Lee that's a, a big time edge here down here and uh, out of Frisco, Texas. I think there's a couple of dudes that are coming up there that that have got some athleticism. It's it's just it's a young position, but I think that Nebraska can throw more bodies at it than it ever has before, and that's really a that's probably about as positive a thing as you can talk about at that position. We'll wrap up with this here, Brian. Nebraska had a home game to end up against. Iowa also had a home game against uh, Maryland earlier in November. What were you hearing about the the you know traditional high school recruiting? Anything noteworthy stand out to you from the Maryland and Iowa games and the Nebraska football high school recruiting front? Well, I, I think the big takeaway from Iowa is that Grant Bricks was in town on, in, in Lincoln and not in Manhattan, Kansas. And... I think uh, prior to that, a lot of folks were joining me and putting their predictions in for Grant Bricks to Nebraska. Uh, uh, I, I think that there's a lot of evidence showing that Grant Bricks is pretty close to, to either committing or announcing a commitment to Nebraska. And I think that that's huge because he slides right in as a number one rated player in the class, right ahead of, right ahead of Carter Nelson, just in front of, in fact. Um, and then two of your top three guys in the class that are offensive tackle. You know, with with with, with Talmua and and Bricks, and I think that that's got to be music to the ears of the Nebraska fans. So, and and there you get your your kind of tight end guy in Carter Nelson too, because he's not going to play a, really a true Y like hand in the dirt Y. He's going to be a hybrid Y, a guy that can do even some jumbo X stuff. So you're getting a, a weapon there with Carter Nelson too that people aren't going to know like how to how to defend him and what to put there. So if you got a a second corner, you know, like a like a like a like a field corner that's going to have to cover him. There's going to be some big time mismatches. I think that Carter Nelson can create for Nebraska. So those top three guys, if, if Bricks is in, those top three guys for Nebraska, that, that's pretty important. Those are those are three very important guys in the class. Now keeping a hold of Carlin Jones, that's going to be interesting. See what happens with the Ohio State official visits in December, particularly if Jones bumps from the eighth to the fifteenth. 
that might mean that they're filling up and he's kind of a second option. Uh, let's stick on the offensive line because you had a, an article up about a 2026 offensive lineman, Justin Morales, who got an offer. What can you tell the people uh, about him without giving everything in your article away and on three? <laughs> he's going to be a dude. Um, you know, he's a two-way lineman, but I, I think that people are kind of seeing him more towards uh, an offensive tackle. He was supposed to be in Nebraska this last weekend. Travel costs just kind of got in the way. He's, they're looking at trying to plan something a little bit more out so they can kind of get a little bit more break on the, on the travel prices. Um, but I think Nebraska is in a really good spot for him. I, I think that, I think he's really into big time game day environments and atmospheres. Um, that's one of the, one of the reasons why he wanted to take a visit to Nebraska in the first place. He wanted to kind of take that all in. Um, so interesting guy there. I got an off, I got a, a 2025 defensive lineman that picked up an offer this last weekend, a story coming up tonight. And then Nebraska offered a 2026 quarterback last week, and I'll have that story up on Thursday. Thursday, Husker Online, part of the On3 network. Look for the name Brian Munson in the byline. You'll get all the information you need. Brian does join us at 3.30 on Mondays here as well. Brian, as always, really appreciate your time. Hope to catch up with you again as we get closer to the opening of the transfer portal next week. Transfer po- All the madness is about ready to start, guys. Stay tuned for that. There he is, Brian Munson of On3 with us here on our Allo VIP line, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. We'll step aside, bring Stricky back in. We will wrap up on the block from here. No crossover because DP and J are live at Tanner's Bar and Grill for old school. That'll come your way at four o'clock or shortly thereafter. Don't go anywhere. Stricky and I will wrap up on the block, get you set up for old school in just a minute. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.